Welcome, welcome world. My name is Ezekiel Kajer Kai, and this is the Kajer Express, the comedy interview podcast for fun, easy listening. The season concludes today with one final guest. If you work for her, she'll get you achieving the best. A regular life chilled her, but then the tech world thrilled her, and now she's an ultimate team builder. My friend, my boss, the COO of Lead Pops Digital Marketing, Rosa Romain. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kai. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Now, you've seen the show before. When was the first time you stumbled upon the show and found out that I myself am a podcaster? I actually listened to Sammy. Sammy was one of my favorites. She's from New Jersey. She told a lot of awesome stories. I would say she was my first, I think, Kager Express. And then I listened to my boss, our boss, yes. Mr. Andrew Pollock, most recently. And I still have you teed up to listen to the rest. But you know what my days are like. Of but, course. Uh, I'm a big fan. Always on the go, but that's the life that you love. Mm-hmm. Now, you are influential in the tech world, and it's been a long road there. Mm-hmm. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about... Just the quick road. Now, what made you choose tech over any other field possible? I would say passion. You know, you decide what you want to be as a child. Tech wasn't in front of me. It was a very basic, either nursing or teaching sort of mentality in our Mm -hmm. household. Uh, My aunt got me a summer internship at a company called MCI Worldcom. Okay. I went to work every day not feeling like I was working. And I knew that day that I had, I'd say, my biggest project and a little bit of an epiphany that I had to shift into tech, future-proofing just who we are and having us solve problems with technology um, made me very excited about it. And it wasn't something that someone was telling me I needed to become. So it was kind of a weird moment for me when I decided I wanted to do tech. Of course. Well, I'm very glad you chose it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have met you. (laughs) Now, bringing me in onto Lead Pops, I did not have a tech background. You were one of my two interviews here. In just a really short explanation, what made you choose me given the fact that I had no background whatsoever and now I work pretty much right alongside you in a lot of our initiatives? So I think meeting you and your go-getter mentality, I would say go-getter attitude in the small, uh, I guess, profile I got uh, from the person that recommended you. I was looking for someone that has the passion for tech, but also the passion for structure and learning. You demonstrated very quickly to me after we decided to work with you, everything that was uh, shared with me from the pre-interview notes. Like Mm -hmm. this person takes their time in in terms of... Um, making sure the curriculum is really learned and it's really a passion of his. So I think for me, knowing that you came with, you know, a ton of, I would say, credibility notes, uh, it was an easy way for me to just say, I see it, I can hear it, here's your challenge, and I think you've exceeded my expectations so far. So awesome. I'm pretty proud about that leap of faith I took. Yeah, that's it's been a lot of fun and I get to teach the whole company right alongside you, which is super awesome. And I guess you, I don't know if you were doing this with your mastermind or not, but you kind of had me do trial by fire and saw me survive and then started opening up more and more responsibilities for me. And here we are a little over a year in and continuing to grow. We just expanded the facility physically and we're hitting new levels in what we do with clients. We just hit top four too uh, in fastest growing software in in San Diego. Diego, Absolutely. so. So just the beginning. Now, you had mentioned 
the concept of looking you up on LinkedIn. You had mm-hmm. mentioned me coming to Lead Pops with good recommendations. This mm-hmm. all runs along a certain line of a concept or a phrase known as super credibility. Mm-hmm. Now you are the are you the coiner of super credibility? No, not at all. I'm I'm a believer of it, and I can tell you, uh, I I actually have um, a lot of examples of it. But I would say that the word and the term super credibility came from a book named Bold. Um, it's a company that focused on it's called planetary planetary resources, and they actually mine asteroids, so okay. it takes you out of this world in real life. Um, I had worked in something along the lines of credibility because I work in reputation, right? For many, you know, large companies. 800 brands and about 110,000 franchisees when I was in the franchising space, we used and coined a word called proactive rewards, called proactive validation, Mm -hmm. which is part of what super credibility is. These two guys wrote a book and the book was, you know, set this premise that um, there's a couple of lines of credibility. There's a regular credibility line, how you look and how you're perceived by others. And then there's a super credibility line when you get into these, like I mentioned to you in the past in our trainings, which is tech philanthropists saying, you know, you're not going to invest in a company that's going to go astro uh, mining. But if you say names like Larry Page or in the case of SpaceX, you say Elon Musk, it all seems very believable mm-hmm. because they have this amazing credibility that's so credible. It's super credible. It is. And, and, and it works. And there are elements of super credibility that have really shed their light on me. I think at the start of my tenure here at Lead Pops, if I were to ask you or even Andrew to be on the podcast, you probably would have dismissed me because you don't know who I am or what I've done. And even some of my guests, such as Nicole Pereno, Mm -hmm. found my podcast and then we got into the discussion of having her on the show. So Mm -hmm. that element of being evaluated or digitally stalked, Mm -hmm. if you will, it's real and Mm -hmm. It is undersigned. The people that don't take it seriously are the ones that don't reap the rewards. So it's Absolutely. a it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Now, another element of the company is an evaluation, essentially a health score mm-hmm. of how you look online, known as a digital marketing assessment. Mm-hmm. This is something that's changed in name. It's mm-hmm. had different acronyms, but it's mm-hmm. always been something to leverage in showing what might be either helping or hurting somebody to reach their goals based upon how they look online. When did this start for you? The, the concept so, of DMA so or where it started? Same place as uh, the reputation components. So I worked in franchising uh, for many years, uh, six years, and worked with brands. Uh, their role was to hire more franchisees and grow their brands. So if you were Jiffy Lube, you're growing. If you're Berkshire Hathaway and you're you know one of their brands, Real Living or Berkshire Hathaway itself, you're growing the brand. The first thing someone's going to do before they create uh, or they invest in your brand is they're going to look you up online. Mm-hmm. So we would say to them, we can drive traffic to you and we can have the next franchisee with all the liquid in the world to make sure that they, they qualify. But when they look you up, do you qualify to mm-hmm. them? Cause they're shopping for a million different concepts out. If you look at the franchise game, it's pretty large. Every strip mall in America is full of franchisees. Most of our clients actually were an undercover boss. When you look at Undercover Boss, if anyone's ever watched it, uh, you'll see all the needs of the franchisee, right? They go undercover, they see what they need, all of those things. Uh, so my concept uh, started back then because depending on who they were and what they needed, at the local level, these brands have a system and they actually have to be responsible for all of them. You know, the largest McDonald's is number two, actually, to Subway, right? So those right. are big, big brands. 
So what you do is you have to do what's called a DMA. That means at the local level, how is your Tallahassee branch doing versus your Carlsbad branch mm-hmm. here in San Diego? They're all so different. So we would run a digital marketing analysis and it's simple. It's basically a mystery shopping exercise. Does that person in that location come up or does somebody else? And if they do, why do they? For us, it's a concept. It's a way for us to articulate to the client without speaking too techie to them, mm-hmm. how they look online. It's purposeful. It's not just a visual or ego thing. I relate it to some of the things that I've done. What's always funny to me is with this podcast, as it's grown, once I started getting on Apple or Spotify, people all of a sudden reached out to me and was like, you have a podcast. And I've always had a podcast, but those associations, that super credibility with people viewing me online a certain way, all of a sudden I had more clout. And people wanted to be a part of it. So I've grown because of that. I've seen it affect myself, of course, in a different avenue than mortgage and real estate, Mm -hmm. but it's still the same. Yep. And you can flip it into any industry you ever talk to that matters to them too. Yes, absolutely. Now, as a leader here, you are the CEO of the company. You're very in the field on the floor with us. You're not off in your cave scheming and planning. You're (laughs) you're with us, which is super Mm -hmm. cool when you have time, but you do a lot of different things. And if people are listening, you may notice that you move a mile a minute. If Mm -hmm. you took your thoughts and your business acumen to the track, Mm -hmm. uh, you would be the Olympic (laughs) medalist every year. But with that pace, only a certain number of people can hang with what you demand or what you require. Mm -hmm. What qualities do you look for in somebody that allows you to know, hey, that person can hang? And when did you know I could hang with you? So desire, I think I've mentioned, I mean, if I could have desire written all over the walls, uh, that would probably be the biggest thing I look for. And I think that that's something um, I can tell you, I noticed about you right away. Um, When we talk about us throwing you in there and you kind of making it work, one of the stories I can tell is, you know, we, we had to say, hey, you know, you're not going to nail it the first time. And, you know, you try <laughs> to nail it several times. And I'm like, this is great, but we're not done. And you look, look to me kind of like, what do you mean we're not done? Um, so my thing is that, you know, things are living and breathing and they're they're made real time and mm-hmm. some things we just have to do together. So for me, the biggest thing I look for um, are, you know, like signals that show desire level. I try to ask that too, on a mm-hmm. scale of one to 10, you know, things like that for people. And sometimes I don't realize what I'm asking, but um I noticed you had it right away because, you know, you worked the longer hours, you, you took the initiative, uh, you did a lot of the, the basic training on your own, uh, the, the quality of the questions that were coming to us were nowhere near basic level, um, and you already adapted this, the, the concepts of how do I teach more people to do this mm-hmm. um, it, right away. So. I think for me, I noticed that you were adopting the macro level with the micro level pretty quickly into the process. And you know how quickly I moved through (laughs) that if you wouldn't have, you probably, we probably wouldn't be having this wonderful conversation. Um, But I definitely can tell you that desire is big, um, commitment and consistency. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say that commitment to me isn't just working the longer hours as I've asked you to go home when you're supposed to in the past. But it's just the, the you know, uh, genuine, um, you know, and again, using the word desire to solve problems and put tangible things that go with it. And then obviously for me, I've seen you influence and inspire, you know, everyone on your team. Um, we've received wonderful, you know, anonymous and non-anonymous feedback about you and your performance because, you know, I don't just see it. Your team sees it. A lot of what I have to evaluate is how do they perceive you? Mm-hmm. You could be a rock star to me, but if you're not giving it to them. It's really not going to matter. 
So I think that uh, to answer the question, I would say desire and then the consistency, you're still here. I think if I talked to you, you know, six months ago, I talked to you now, you're putting in the same level, if not now, even more work. Well, thank you. You mentioned, you know, inspiring others, me being somewhat of a leader here alongside leaders. You inspire others here. And specifically, we have a group of women that work here in tech. What does that mean to you to inspire them? And, you know, how has that been something where you've kind of transcended to a woman going into tech to now a woman that leads women in tech? So um, I love that portion of my job. It's actually very rewarding. Um, I have a women's network here uh, extends from a community we're a part of. Uh, I'm not going to get into names, but they're, mm -hmm. they have a large uh, kind of pro-women organization because our field is, you know, used to be mainly men. The real estate side is women, but on the mortgage side, when I was actually you know, across the chasm doing the mortgage side of the house, uh, it was mainly men. I mean, I had 90% guys reporting to me. Mm -hmm. um, so here it's nice that we've, uh, the industry has actually taken a turn and it's inspiring more women to join. And I got lucky a few months ago, not to be part of a magazine where we talked through, you know, what tech looks like uh, now and in 10 years um, and how we're breaking through the mortgage industry as women. Um, so I like to take a lot of those uh, key learnings from you know my experience and bring them to them so that when they get those experiences themselves, they're prepared for them. I don't think I had really anyone that guided me through this. It's, it's been uh, you know a little bit of a self-navigation in yeah. many places uh, because it is tech and it is mortgage. Um, but for them, you know, I think it's inspiring to work with them on the things that are barriers and blockers for them on the day to day. Um, to see the results that they give after we share like some, you know, common scenario is very rewarding. We do off sites and we talk things, uh, talk about things in our agenda about personal growth, how to be resilient. Uh, we went as far as going through our own LinkedIn's together and trying to figure out how to give, give them super credibility and proactive validation so that they're more confident. Um, so I really love it. I mean, we run into some things that are silly and we think they're hilarious, uh, but for the most part, uh, I think that they've been challenging me also on what they see on the front lines as a young woman today, trying to either persuade a, a mortgage guy to come on board or even how to take on a group of folks that may or may not understand how tech works uh, or mortgage tech. So uh, I really enjoy the time I get with them. Um, it's one of the things I look forward to. And um, I like to, um, you know, participate in the journey with them, but then also give them and inspire them based on the things I've experienced to make sure that they're, you know, learning from those things and you know, taking that leap of faith that they can do more. Mm -hmm. um, we have strong women here. There's, you know, times where maybe they're not feeling as confident, but we're building through those tools. Um, but I would say, you know, in the last couple of months, we've had them do uh, a lot better than even the guys in some of the contests yeah. that we've ran. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to just watching them continue to uh, be competitive. And uh, I would say leap over my success, you know, just completely crush what I'm doing because I think they can. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's things we can learn from either gender in the workplace and really turn that into the ultimate being mm -hmm. to allow us to hit those new levels of success. So it's been fun to work as a whole team here and have everybody in office and learn from everybody alike. I think everyone's a leader in their own sense. Absolutely. If you look at it the right perspective. Absolutely. Now to branch into something a little bit less on the work questions, but still work questions. Mm -hmm. I have a bracelet. This bracelet has th four letters. Yeah. They're WWRD. And you're not a fan of this bracelet, even though I wear it with honor. 
What is this bracelet and where did it come about? What does it mean to you? So for me, it actually, again, like you just mentioned, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, But uh, for my boss, uh, Andrew Pollack, um, you know, Andrew and I were on a journey together a while back. Um, We worked at another company where he first actually pitched lead pops and, uh, you know, wasn't received by our previous boss. Uh, But he it always told me, you know, let's work together again. And I think it went about 10 years before we finally did. And that's, you know, this is where we are now. Um, he would call me for advice. He would call me for feedback um, throughout the years. And uh, he definitely would do this. What would Rosa do scenario with me before? And now that I've been here uh, and we've grown so tremendously over the last couple of years, uh, his mindset is always what would Rosa do? Right. Uh, I sadly um, had my mother pass earlier last year and I was gone for a good set of uh, the, you know, the weeks that were kind of up and down uh, through that journey. Um, and he would say, wow, when you're gone, I always wonder what would you do in that case? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, he grabbed a bunch of bracelets and kind of threw them out at the team to inspire everyone to think about all the lessons I'd previously coached you guys on, where sometimes, you know, you have the answer, but you guys were kind of expecting me to be in the room to give the answer real time. Um, and he was trying to inspire everybody around to kind of think about what would I do? Um, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. It's very cute. It's an honor. <laughs> I asked him not to do it. And he did it anyway. Um, and I've had my friends call me the Oracle and things like that at times. Right. It's just so random, but I, I don't know if it's because I'm older, um, and I'm more seasoned and I have all that dialed in, but, um, I definitely, uh, think everyone here is capable of everything I do. I think it's just me uh, having so much more experience, uh, having so many tours where I got to practice what I do um, allows me to jump into resolution mode very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that now being with you guys this long, you guys are finding what that resolution mode looks like when it's me. So that's what that whole bracelet's about. And if you know, you go to my <laughs> office, they're all hidden in my you cupboard <laughs> and I hit them from the floor. Um, it's, it's very sweet, but uh, yeah, I think you guys, we should make one that what would the team do? Yes, yes. Yes. I was lucky enough to grab a bracelet before <laughs> yes. you ordered them all them, from, yes, from yes. secrecy. Yes. It's sweet though. Thank, I appreciate Andrew for doing that. Of course. Of course. Now in terms of being an Oracle and be, this being a job where we have to find resolutions, it's very much a think on your feet job with mm-hmm. of course, ample preparation. Mm-hmm problem solving. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the most intangible skills you can have. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill that I really built upon in my past jobs, which mm-hmm. was building escape rooms. Mm-hmm. Now I took you and a lot of the coworkers to my old escape room, mm-hmm. Locked Adventures. I have a podcast series coming out with my co-host from the show, and we're going to talk about escape rooms, but I took you, was this your first escape room I took you to? It was. I. It was. You could tell it was, couldn't you? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, we're, so just to give the listeners a little bit of context, it was a zombie apocalypse based room. And Rosa, what kind of revelations did you have with this experience? Well, the, there was no what would Rosa do in that scenario because I ran out of the room. Um, <laughs> I lasted maybe 60 seconds. I don't even know, maybe 30. Um, it was terrifying. It literally, uh, I, I literally took away everything that I knew about anything in that moment. My fear just came like, I had never experienced that ever. It was really cool. I won't lie. Yeah. I think I ran out. It was raining. And one of my other colleagues was coming in and um, I said, okay, I'll come in if I like hold on to your shirt the whole time. <laughs> And I went back in and I was able to start to get a little bit more clarity, but I couldn't even read the puzzle 
and understand what I was being asked because I was so terrified that the zombie was going to come out of this noise that was like, I don't know, it felt like someone was like, I don't know, hitting like an old garage door over and over <laughs> and it's scraping like scary, I don't know, noises. Um, but uh, I think that what I learned that day uh, was that it doesn't matter who you are, what you think, if you're in one of those environments and you have something like fear like that over you, um, and your brain pretty much goes on pause. I, yeah. mean, I can tell you there was no Oracle or anything going on in that moment. Um, we actually also learned who was strong in our team. We did. Who had like clear, this isn't scaring me. I'll read it again. And as we're trying to kind of sort through what was happening, um, it started to become a little bit more tolerable, I guess, the scary factor. But um, I, I got to see a real team building, in, uh, I would say, uh, experience uh, with things like fear and problem solving and just the whole point of an escape room at yeah. another level. Um, I really did not expect to be rocked like that. And it was like, <laughs> I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my, you know, but uh, I loved it. I'll go back um, and do it again. I don't know that I'd do the zombie one again, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Awesome. We'll definitely take you back. There are many different experiences we can emulate in an escape room. It doesn't have to all be scary, Yeah. but I'm glad you got to do that one. Thank you. And shout out, shout out to Pete for Pete sa it. saving the day. Pete did save the day. Well, he was very, uh, he was so calm and collected and I could see how he would kill it in your, in your rooms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's very, very calm and can take in all the different senses and still function. Yes. So now Rosa on the podcast, before we transition into the gaming section, I let the guest ask me a question, mm -hmm. only one question okay. or forever hold your peace. Okay. Okay, so let's see. I have so many. That's um, <laughs> why I limit it to one. Yes. All right. We'll limit it to one. So um, what would you say is, is the biggest learning um, takeaway that you've had since you've joined us here? Like, where do you think that you've leveled up? Yeah, I think before coming here, I had never been in a, I don't want to say corporate in, environment, but a such a high level business the past jobs I've had, I mean, I've been a teacher an escape room designer and host the end revenue is nowhere near to what we do as a collective. And so there's a lot more on the line from a business standpoint and coming into this, I, I didn't know if like I could take my skills and transfer them based upon my body of work and succeed. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of doubt in my mind, whether I showed it or not imposter syndrome, of course, <laughs> But my mentality is I am Kai and I control everything that I do. I'm going to give it my all and perform. So in terms of leveling up, as I kind of got through the imposter syndrome, I, I was working with clients. I was getting good reviews. Everybody was saying, hey, you're doing a great job. We're noticing it. And I don't even think people are noticing me. It took me a while to accept that. But then I finally accepted it and was presented with, do you want to train the company? And I was like, wow, of course. I, I've, I just always had those doubts going into the unknown. But that's, I think, one of the biggest things someone can do in life is venture into the unknown with doubts, but still have the confidence that they can succeed. Absolutely. So I believe that's that's where I've leveled up, in my opinion. It's very good. Yep. I, I can agree with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get into some games. Now, the first game we're going to play is called Speed Run and Back. I'm going to give you five categories, okay. 
and you have to answer these categories twice. You get to answer them on the first run and on the run back, okay. but you have to give me different answers each time. Oh, okay. Now you can pass if you need to, and that's about it. Do you have any questions about the game? Um, no, I'm going to try my best. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. So I'm going to start the timer after I say my first category, and then we'll begin. All right, are you ready? Your first category is an item you might forget before leaving the house. My sunglasses. Okay. A Laker championship teammate to Kobe and Shaq. Listen, okay. Um, let's say uh, Lamar Odom. Okay. A search engine besides Google. Bing. A toothpaste brand. Colgate. A bone of the body. Tibia. Another bone of the body. Femur. Another toothpaste brand. Uh, Crest. A search engine besides Google or Bing? Um, uh, uh, Safari. A Laker championship teammate to Kobe and Shaq. Derek Fisher. <laughs> and a something that's often forgotten before leaving the house. My water bottle. That is time. <laughs> now, now, Rosa, when I asked you those questions, you, you, you gave me a grimace when I asked you about Lakers. <laughs> and I think I know why. As much as we all love Kobe and his mentality that he left us uh, to achieve more, you're not a Lakers fan. Not a Lakers fan. Who are you a fan? I of? mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I am a girl from Northern California. Uh, and again, I don't know if your listeners will like this, but I was Cowtown girl and my now Chris Webber was my favorite. Nice. Since he was in college. Since he called that terrible timeout, I forgave him. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> I loved him and obviously I said Dirk Fisher because, you know, we know what happened with him at the buzzer. Right. Um, but I was uh, obsessed with the Kings, Sacramento Kings for very many years. Um, and obviously our part of our DNA was to dislike the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, but I still respect them and I always respected uh, Kobe's style um, and we know he's a cleaner. Mm -hmm. So uh, I still, you know, you guys see it here. I give away Mamba awards all the time. Right. Um, but I'm definitely not going to be wearing a Lakers <laughs> <dressing>. <laughs> Well, no worries. My favorite player is Russell Westbrook, who is now on the Lakers. So I am back to being a Laker fan, but by no means am I a Laker fan oh, routinely. Oh, I'm I didn't know that. More so. so just a UCLA basketball fan. There you go. That's right. You love the Bruins. So, awesome. Love the Bruins. Every other team doesn't matter to me. There you go. So, so thank you for the clarity there. Of course. Of course. Okay. Now on to some trick question trivia. Okay. This is a new game we've never played on the podcast, but essentially each question is a trick question, meaning okay. the answer is not as obvious as it may seem. Okay. Okay. First question is this. What year were the 2020 Olympics hosted? 2021. 2021 is correct. Now, due to COVID. Tokyo. Tokyo <laughs> the Olympics had to get pushed out. Actually, just recently finished up to the recording of this podcast. Great job. Great start. Next question. Now, we'd mentioned this book, Relentless by Tim Grover, a very motivational book worth reading, actually worth listening to because Tim Grover uh, narrates it and he has a very... Uh, gruff, you know, intense voice. I like it a lot in the That's audio book, but he has a list of 13 qualities that someone must have to become a cleaner or a relentless achiever. The question is the fifth trait on that list is you're not intimidated by pressure, 
you thrive on it. Mm -hmm. What number on the list is this fifth trait? One, because they're all one. They are all one, yes. yes. So at the end of this podcast, we're actually going to talk about the Relentless 13. And I okay. want you to tell me your top three. We'll pull up the list, okay. talk a little bit about the top three you think are, are the best, even though they are one. But that will be our, our top section at the end of this. Okay. But they're all number one. Now, next question. What color makes a bull angry? I think I said red before. Did I say red before? Is it red? I'm confused on that one. Actually, they're just mad, right? They are just mad. <laughs> they are but just... they're red, though. The, the sheets people the put sheets it, are I think red. the perception, if I had a guess, is red. Only because every bullfight yeah. I've ever seen has a red bull. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Red Bull being the, the branding of the energy drink, the matador flares, the red cape. Mm -hmm. The bull doesn't see the colors. The bull is angry because of other reasons. Uh, he's being irritated by the, the rider, and that's why they're so angry. That's but it, the one. color doesn't matter. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last one. This is my favorite one because this is my favorite food, the pineapple. Okay. Where do pineapples grow? So I lived in Hawaii, okay. Maui for a little sabbatical and this is in my early twenties. Okay. So I think I was having a little too many Mai Tais before we went. <laughs> okay. And I have made this mistake twice. There's the like banana trees right. and they look like palm trees that have bananas in them. Right. And then there's pineapples. The pineapples are like more like agave, right? Like they grow from the ground. Yeah. But when I was on this little tour, half paying attention, I think I want to say, I thought that the pineapples were also on a palm tree, but they're not, they grow on the ground and the bananas are the ones that are up. That is very true. They grow on the ground. It's very odd. But if you look it up, you see all these, they're like little bushes and they have the pineapple pop yeah, up. Looks almost like tequila. Yes, yes. absolutely. So pineapples grow on the <laughs> ground, everyone. Yes. Get it right. Uh, but nonetheless, if you find some bananas in a tree, you could have those two. Yes. They're probably good. Yes. All right. That was trick question trivia. On to the final segment, which okay. is the top. Let's go top three. Now, I have the Relentless 13 up on a list here. Can I just give you my number one? Yeah, let's talk about your that number was one. I, you know, like my whole thing is like, sure, they're so amazing. But my favorite one is, you don't, sorry that I cut you off. No, right? no, okay. no, 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 this is fine. <laughs> is, is you don't have, to, okay, you don't have to love the work, but you're addicted to the results. I okay. think for me, you know how much I talk about pop, which is proof of performance, right. right? For me, everything, even you you're asking about the DMA is about what do we know about these folks? Mm -hmm. We don't want to just know what we know about them because we want to tell them that they got to see. We want to help them. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm always addicted to the results of what I'm going to get out of having that thorough partnership with mm -hmm. that person. So I thrive on the results. Okay. And I would say that's my favorite, but I'll give you a couple more if that's what you're about to ask. Yeah, okay, of course. But that's, that's the top one. That's so my you, favorite one. Cause I am addicted. You to don't results. have to love the work. You don't have to love the work. So there's so many things that we have obviously overarching love everything. In mm -hmm. these cases with, you know, Tim Brewers, it's basketball. We're talking about, you don't have to love the drill, the run, the like whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. but you know, you're addicted to the results when you hit that, you know, yeah, it is just so specific. Um, we always talk about how to sniper, how to like make sure you're methodical. Um, I think I always say things like you do things on purpose. I do. I've learned to not not do things on not purpose. I don't have the time to not do things on purpose. Right. You kind of can't guess at this date. 
you can't, right? right? So for me, I am always here. I always answer your calls. I always do when you see me do what I do is because I'm addicted to what's going to happen when I give the solution. Yeah. Right. So that's awesome. Awesome. Okay. That's a good core one. What else on that list really stands out to you? Uh, know exactly who you are. You know what I say to you guys when I meet you. I'm transparent. Yeah. It might scare you. Um, don't freak out. This is meant to make you better. <laughs> right. So yeah. know who you are, I think is my other favorite because um, I'm very consistent, but if you don't get that much exposure to me, you know, someone might think, wow, you know, like that was a weird experience. She, she challenged me on that one mm-hmm. minute, you know, that we had together. Yeah. Um, that's who I am. And if you know me, you, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And you know, when, when I had my first interview with you, I had a couple words of not warning, but just, oh, you have your interview with Rosa, get ready. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? I, I try to enable that I know who I am mentality throughout my life. My favorite number is 24 because there are 24 hours in a day. And I have kind of a motto that whatever hour you find me and I'm still Kai. Mm-hmm. So having that identity really matters. And some, I, I can say this being as honest as I am with you. Some people fear you uh, they, okay. and, but it's a matter of understanding who you are and dealing with, you know, understanding how you lead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. It does. Nothing to fear, in my opinion, but certainly, you know, someone to respect and understand that there's a pace here and you have to adapt to that pace if you want to you want to keep in the kitchen you know, yeah. or get out the I kitchen. Mean, it is one of the other uh, relentless 13 is just not my favorite. It's mm-hmm. you, you'd rather be feared than like I, I, it's my least favorite one on here. Okay. I would, I, you know me. I like to have a booch with folks every once yeah. in a while. I, I do not want them to dislike me, but I definitely want them to be inspired and learn something more than think I told a cool joke. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's another one of the relentless 13. I would say the third one I really um, think is like been who I am since I was younger and that's okay. not to compete with anyone and find your opponent's weakness and you attack. So I think um, that one's a big one because when I hear when we started this partnership, even with like AIM or, or uh, BAB, it's our community we work with in, in um, obviously mortgage marketing, they were, you know, kind of challenging us. And I didn't care what anyone else's goal was. <laughs> I knew what my goal was, right? Yeah. And even when we achieved and we did surpass the other vendors, I wanted to then double that goal. So, um, and I'll work the math backwards on how to make that happen. So I think for me, it's more, I want to compete with myself as well. And I don't care what, you know, their kind of benchmark or threshold is. I'd rather exceed that. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I, I used to work in financial advising and I had a, a leader of sorts. And in one of our meetings, I was compared to another person and a certain number of dials. And my response was, I only compete with myself. Perfect. And it didn't go over too well with, oh. that, with that said leader, but, uh, <laughs> but that's how I feel. And as long as I police myself enough to know that I'm pushing the bar, mm-hmm. that's how I hit more and more numbers and people get motivated in different ways. Certainly mm-hmm. others can see that competition and we have competitions here, but mm-hmm. in all honesty, I, I don't really have that as a motivating factor. It's, mm-hmm. it's the bar we set for each other. And the fact that you introduced me to this book, Relentless, I got to read it and there were a lot of similarities. Like, oh, I kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And then got to adapt to the other ones. Um, any any more on the list that might stand out besides those three? Um, I would say they're all amazing. Um, one that sucks for me that I'm working on, it's on the list. So yeah. I will kind of highlight that for you is I, as you notice, even with the bracelets, is I don't like to celebrate my achievements. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll go have like our fun, like happy hour all as a team. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm, I'm pretty humble to that. I'm not, a, not that I'm afraid I'll jinx it, but in a way, <laughs> you know, it is like you leave your beard for a playoff season. Right. And you like, I have this weird thing about, I don't want to celebrate anything. Even we just hit top four, uh, you know, growth in San Diego. And I got a call from Andrew about our you know press release going out. And I was like, eh, I don't want to jinx it, but it's exciting <laughs> to have it. And we want to get it out there and, and be vocal about it. Um, but I definitely, uh, you know, can say that we should, I should probably do a better job of that, but mm-hmm. it is part of the red list kind of DNA that we have is that we don't really celebrate too much. You kind of just keep going and yeah. wait for the next milestone. In my opinion, I like to like, what is it called? Hustle in silence. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hustle in silence. <laughs> so. Certainly it, it'll help to celebrate a little, you know, you gotta, gotta give yourself some credit when do Absolutely. you, but gotta keep going because otherwise if you plateau mm-hmm. somebody behind you is going to take your spot and that's Absolutely. that's kind of how the business is unless you're ready to retire which mm-hmm. isn't anytime soon for me uh but you know really it's it's that mentality that matters and it's uh, i mean if you think about it it's good to great to unstoppable like mm-hmm. what defines unstoppable you yeah know, I, I really feel like when you get into that zone you don't you don't have time to celebrate mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. i guess that's what you know if, I would say it's not my favorite one, but it's <laughs> one of my traits too. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly some you connect with more than others. I feel the same about a lot of them. Um, and then some I'm like, wow, you know, the, the feared more than liked for me is, is hard. I've mm-hmm. never felt myself as a scary, unless I was a zombie in an <laughs> escape room, which I have been, but that's a very select time of my life. Yeah. No, <laughs> no and I'm glad I feel like, um, one of the things we'll be doing in the women's uh, network for our team is reading Relentless as a unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to read it too, because um, I've had other folks read it and it's, I mean, I've had them say it was life-changing for them. I know it's really made an impact on you. Yeah. So. Well, Rosa, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You are the final episode of the season. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Yes. Rosa, I hope you had a good time and I'm looking forward to taking you to your next escape room yes. without zombies. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Kai. Thanks for your time today. You're welcome. And that's that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cager Express. If you like what you heard, please share this episode with your friends. And don't forget to tag us at the Cager Express on both Instagram and Facebook. Have no fear, there are more episodes on the way and new shows too. Coming later this year, a new show with my lovely co-host Beth Dival. Get ready for Escape Break, an escape room variety show. And don't forget to tune in to the audio sitcom Time Is All We Have. But until next time, you know what time it is. Stay smart, stay safe, and have fun.